0: That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This baby was the greatest gift the world would ever know. For this is how God loved the world. He gave the greatest gift, his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life.
1: Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? good? It's good to be here with you. Um, You did not get a new pastor. I just got a haircut, okay? So if you normally come, this may look a little different. It's still me. Um, If you're our guest, if it's your first time, maybe you got something in the mail or you're joining us online for the first time, I just want to welcome you. My name is Pastor Aaron and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church, and we're so glad that you're with us. We are entering into the Christmas season, okay? So I got my Christmas sweater on, Buddy the Elf on the back, you guys. I am in the holiday spirit uh, because we all know that the best way to spread Christmas cheer is, okay, a few of you guys know that. Maybe you haven't started watching Christmas movies yet, okay, but um, our family is getting into the holiday season. We're getting into the spirit of all of this, and I love Christmas time. One of my favorite times of the year, we um, watch fam- we watch Christmas movies together, um, hang out with our family, drink hot cocoa, all of that good stuff, although we can't really do a fire in Texas because it's so warm, but um, we kind of still try to get into the Christmas spirit, and we're doing that here at the church. We want to spend the next few weeks focusing in on this idea of the greatest gift because there are a lot of things that come with Christmas. Um, Some of it's really great being with family, giving gifts, all of these things. And then some of it can distract us or feel really busy or even draining for us at times. And we wanna refocus as a church on what it is that we should be focused in on this Christmas season and looking at this idea of the greatest gift. And today in this first message, I'm giving you this idea. And I want us to reflect on this idea that God gave himself, God gave himself. And to really think about what that means. And if that's true, if God gave himself as the greatest gift, how does that change your Christmas? Realizing that and reflecting on that, how does it help you to interact differently with people at Christmas parties and in the office and students at school and around the holidays? How does it alter who we are as people and how we influence those that God has placed around us in the world, the greatest gift God gave himself. And I want us to look at that idea. The year was 1977 in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Okay. I know that was before some of you guys were born. It was Christmas Eve. And my parents, Angel and Becky Escamilla, were at University Hospital in Oklahoma City. And my mom was in a labor and delivery room. And it was a skeleton crew. Like it's Christmas Eve, it's a university hospital. So there's not a lot of doctors. There's some interns there and different things. And my mom keeps looking at the nurse saying, I'm about to have this baby. And the nurse said, no, this is gonna be a Christmas baby. Still gonna be a few hours. The doctor will come in in a few minutes. And she said, no, I don't think you understand. I'm about to have this baby. And sure enough, at 9.20 p.m., I was born. You guys, Christmas Eve, okay? Okay. We didn't have a photo of me at my birth, but I did want to give you a little image. Isn't that guy so cute? Come on, look at that guy. And I joke with my mom every Christmas Eve on my birthday. I'm like, mom, come on. I was the greatest gift that you ever got, wasn't I? You know, like if God could have given you anything, like this was just so perfect. I tried to hang on a few more hours to be a Christmas baby, didn't make it, but come on, I'm the greatest gift. I know there were probably moments where I frustrated my mom as a kid and she wanted to re-gift me, How many of you guys have ever re-gifted something, right? Like, God, please take this boy back. He's just too much. But but she kept me and my parents love me. But I want us to look at that as much as I joke, what was the greatest gift? And what does it mean that God gave himself? That God would choose and what we celebrate and focus in on in this Christmas season, that God would choose to wrap himself up as a baby and to present himself to the world and to spend time living here on our earth, leaving heaven, leaving everything that that meant, um, and becoming fully human with us, and to live a life and ultimately where he would give himself for the world so that we could know a relationship with God. And I want us to reflect on that And I know we've heard this story so many times and we hear it every time we come to this holiday season, we see representations of that, but just remembering what it means to truly accept that gift and how that changes us and alters us. And so we're going to look at a few different passages this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn this morning to Luke chapter two, and we're going to start at verse 11. And if you don't have a Bible, if you have a smartphone, you can open the NCC app or download that. If you don't have it, you can look up Church Tidely and then get to New Community Church. And it has different things that you can fill in as we're going along because I believe this, God wants to challenge us this morning. I hope you didn't just come to kind of sit in a Sunday morning service, but my goal is that we would hear from God and that God's spirit would speak to us and we would be encouraged with him. And so I wanna challenge you to take some notes and allow God to speak to you. And so Luke chapter two, verse 11, although I'm sure we're familiar with this story, Mary and Joseph have traveled from their hometown to the city of Bethlehem. And they didn't go there to hang out with relatives or because it was the holiday season or any of that. They've been required to do that by the government, by the Roman empire who has said, everyone's gonna go back to their hometown to fulfill a census. We wanna see how big and powerful Rome is. And so we're gonna count everyone And so that's how we're going to do this. And so Mary and Joseph travel to Bethlehem. They find themselves um, in a manger or a barn. And I don't know what the nativity scene looks like in your house, but it was literally a cave. So it was carved into the side of the hill. So I want you to get that in your mind. Um, Stuffed with animals, sheep, cows, different animals that they would have had. And that's where Jesus is born. And just a, probably a little bit outside of the city of Bethlehem, kind of this small town or village there in the nation of Israel, there were shepherds, and they were watching their sheep. And as they were there watching over their sheep, angels began to appear in the sky. And the angels bring this message, and this is what they say in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. They're saying, hey, this is going to be good news of great joy to all people. For unto you today is born in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. This is the message that they bring to them. And as I was reflecting on the Christmas story and this idea that God gave himself, that we we receive that gift from God, the gift of himself, I thought of this, it's the person and not the present that should be the focus. It's the person and not the present that should be the focus. So much is going on in the Christmas story. And you don't even have to have gone to church a lot to kind of get this story and know a little bit about this this story. There are wise men traveling at this point from far away. There are shepherds that are part of this, right? There's the manger, the barn, there's these animals. There's all of these things. There's Mary and Joseph, like the virgin that was giving birth to all of this. And we can become lost in all of those parts of the story and not focus in on the person of Jesus. The message that they brought was, hey, the Christ is being born. This is what the nation of Israel had been hoping for for hundreds and hundreds of years, that the oppression of Rome would be overthrown, that they would now be established as a nation, that God would send a savior and a redeemer. This is what they've been looking for and longing for. And they bring this message, hey, the savior is being born tonight in Bethlehem. It was the person of Christ that the angels were drawing attention to and that they wanted them to focus in on. Now, I just want you to imagine this. Imagine you're standing there and you're watching this. You know that the angels have declared this to the shepherds and you see the shepherds run in, right? And they come to the manger where the baby is wrapped in swaddling clothes. Can you imagine if they unwrap the baby, throw baby Jesus to the side and they just start picking up this cloth and they're like, man, this is so cool, you guys. Look at this, a swaddling cloth, right? And baby Jesus is over here on the ground crying and screaming, right? And they're obsessed with this. Can you imagine how absurd that would be? Or if they run in and the baby, the savior of the world is there, but they're just focused in on the cow. Like, man, look at this cow. This is really amazing. It would be absurd, right? To focus in on any of that. Like we would laugh almost like it was comical, but we would kind of wonder like, are they okay in the head? What's going on here? And yet that's what so many of us do. We're focused on the wrapping paper. We're focused on the Christmas party. We're focused in on what we're gonna get or what we're gonna give, like all of these things. The lights, do the lights look okay? Do I have as many lights as my neighbor, like does my house? All of these things, you guys. And and some of those aren't bad at all, but the problem is, is when we're throwing baby Jesus aside and we're focused in on something else, that's not really the point of the story. And we would look at that and think, that's so absurd. Why would you do that? The Savior here, Christ, the Lord, he's here. He's present right here in this room. You can worship him. You can see him. Let that be your focus. But we need that message for ourselves that it's the person. It's not a present that is the focus of this Christmas story. And church, let me ask you, where is your attention this holiday season? Is it still what's going on in the world in this crazy chaotic year that we've had and numbers still rising? Or are you able to stop and say, God, you've given a gift to us that we remember this holiday season. And God, that's gonna be my focus. It's you that you gave yourself the person of Christ, that you have come, Lord. You are present here with us. You have drawn near to us. That's what God is asking us to focus in. That's what the angels are declaring. Like, this is the purpose of this story is that you would see Jesus and that his coming makes a difference in your life. That you see as this story, if you continue to read this or if you've read it in the past, the shepherds, they start running out and they're sharing this with everyone because this simple truth right here changed them. So how is the person of Christ changing you this holiday season? How are you remembering? How are you pausing? How are you reflecting? How are you sharing with others the gift that God has given us? What it is that God has placed in our life? I love this quote and always think about it during the Christmas season. You may have heard this before, but it says this, if God had perceived that our greatest need was an economic need, he would have given us an economist. If he had perceived our greatest need was entertainment, he would have sent a comedian or an artist. If God had perceived that our greatest need was political stability, he would have sent a politician. If he perceived that our greatest need was health, he would have sent as a doctor. But he knew that our greatest need involved our sin and our alienation away from him, our profound rebellion and our death. So he sent as a savior. And just reflecting on that, God knew what we needed. And it wasn't more stuff. It wasn't just bright lights to entertain us. It wasn't money or some masterpiece or it wasn't any of that. We needed him. And so he gave himself. And if this is the greatest gift that God has given, then this needs our attention, this needs our focus. We need to find ways in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the busyness, in the midst of everything else around us, we need to find ways to stop and to focus in on what's really important. And you guys, this idea of giving gifts is such a powerful thing that it reflects what God has done in our life. That we can, with others, we can present like a gift, we can find a way to brighten someone's day on Christmas morning or to give something that's special, but so many times we get it wrong. When we as a nation, on an average, spend $465 billion on Christmas, when we stress so much about getting the right gift and thankfully not as much this year, but when we fight people for a bigger screen TV, right, that we don't necessarily really need, but we'll trample over people, we'll, we'll be nasty to people, rude to people, just so we can get that, I think we're kind of missing the point. And can I maybe suggest that this year is a gift in some ways to kind of hit the reset button and say, okay, they're predicting, and I know it makes some of us nervous, that we're not going to spend, this will... This will be kind of a different year where we're dropping quite a bit on the national average of what we spend at Christmas, but maybe that's a gift. To not stress about, they're so hard to shop for, did I get the right thing? Or am I gonna get more this year than I got last year? Any of those things. But to really think, who's the person we're giving this to? Not just how big is the gift, but looking across, if it's a living room, if it's a dining room table, however you celebrate with your family or with friends, and saying, hey, I wanna focus in on people. That's what this Christmas story was about. It wasn't about a manger or even shepherds or sheep or anything, it was about Christ, it was about a person. And maybe this year we can redeem some of that. And as we hit pause, we can refocus and say, God, help me to focus in on the people around me. And God, help me to focus in on your son and remember and to see that gift that you have given me. And so church, I would challenge you with that as we enter into the next few weeks that you would think about people. And that most importantly, you would think about the person of Jesus and how he was given to the world and what that means for us and how that can change things in our life. The second thing as we look at this, the greatest gift God gave himself is that Jesus was the gift. Jesus was the gift that was given to the world. You may not even have to turn in your Bibles because you may know this verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. I sat down at my desk this week. I was going over this message and I thought, I'm not even gonna do this verse because this verse has been so overused in so many ways. Like we hear it and it kind of just rushes past us, right? At the sporting events, someone's holding a sign, like we see it, probably you don't even have to come to church a lot, and you may know this verse because it's just so used so much. But I want us to focus in on the second part of that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave his only son. And just thinking about that, that God was so moved by love for you, that we read all the way back at the beginning of the Bible that we had broken our relationship with God. And it wasn't just Adam and Eve, you and I have added to that. We've put in our share of brokenness into the world, but God was so motivated by his love for you, he could not stand the thought of being separated from you. And so he had to find a way to draw close, to get close to his creation. He had to find a way because we understand from scripture, we can't get to heaven. We can't be good enough, we can't come to church enough, we can't do any of the things that sometimes we think good people do and get back in right relationship with God, we're broken. And so God made the move. He was so motivated by love that he said, I'll do whatever it takes, I'll do whatever's required to give to my people, to give a gift that they need to receive. As I was thinking about this, um, thought about something in my life. My wife, um, who I've been married to for over 22 years, loves to get and give gifts. It's just like a part of her, who she is. She loves it. Like wrapping presents like that, just, man, she is so excited. When I get her a gift, she's so excited. I'm not naturally like that. Just not. And so about year two, three, four of the message, Sarah's like, Aaron, I got to tell you something here, buddy. You're missing it, okay? You got to get me more gifts. And it's just not who I naturally am, okay? So probably the most unromantic thing in the world, if you go into my to-do list, every few weeks it reminds me, Aaron, buy Sarah a gift. Now you may think that's so unromantic, but I was like, I'll do whatever it takes to show her that I love her. And that's where God is at. He's like, I'll do whatever it takes like, whatever's required, I will give because he was so motivated by love. He was so drawn by his desire that we would know him and that we would understand that he was willing to do whatever it took. So he gave his only son. He gave all that he had. And have you ever thought what it was like for God to give himself or Jesus to come to this world? I know we don't get many of them, but there's a few mornings recently where the temperature gets to about 30 some degrees. Anybody? walk out on one of those mornings, right? And here in Texas, that feels like weird. I'm like, hey, I did not move to Texas to get this kind of weather. What's going on, Jesus, okay? So my wife, she loves that. She's from up north, but man, I don't like that. I park my car in the garage, so when I get in in the morning, it's fine, right? It's still like 60 um, in my garage. But as I drive up here to the church and I first step out, most of the times it's still dark by the time I get here, I get out in that 30 degree weather and I just freeze right? I don't want to move. I don't want to do anything. And I'm trying as quickly as I can to tell my body to move and get inside the church where it's going to be a little bit warmer. And I'm imagining what was it like for Jesus to leave the beauty and the glory of heaven, where he's sitting on a throne. And the Bible tells us that 24-7, these beautiful angels are worshiping him and crying out, holy, 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 the whole earth is full of your glory. And one moment he closes his eyes and the next he opens them and there's smelly sheep, right? He's inside of a cave. Like there's all of these weird sounds. There, there's these two young parents that are right there. There's shepherds that are coming and rushing in and he goes from the glory. And it must've been shock, kind of like where you step out on that cold day. And it's just like shock of like, I've just left heaven and this is where I've come. But he was so motivated. And he was so willing to do whatever it took. I'll leave heaven. I'll do whatever is required because he wanted to be close to his creation. I want you to get this. I want you to understand what it meant that God gave himself. So let me give you one more visual illustration. Um, Aiden, would you come up here and join me? Give Aiden a hand. A lot of you guys, you know my kids because I talk about them and tell stories about them a lot in my messages, okay? But if you haven't met him yet, this is Aiden. This is our youngest guy. Aiden is 10 years old, okay? I love this guy with all of my heart. Like I would do anything from him I love or for him. I love hanging out with him. One of our favorite things is we play board games. What's your favorite board game? Rumi Cube, okay? Now, let me tell you this. I'm not one of those dads that lets my kid, kids win, okay? I kick Aiden's butt at Rumi Cube, okay? That's just who I am, okay? So, but he battles it out. He's getting better. He's starting to get me, okay? So he's starting to figure out. But I love hanging out with him. This past Wednesday night, all of the family um, were up here. Sarah was still driving home. So it was just me and Aiden, and we had dinner together, and we talked for like 30 minutes about God, and Aiden was asking a bunch of questions. I love Aiden with all of my heart. I cannot imagine a scenario where if someone were to come harm Aiden, I would, without even thinking lay down my life, I would do whatever was required because I love him so much. But can you imagine God looking at his son and saying, hey, I'm gonna have to send you away. Like you're not gonna be with me anymore. I don't know if you have kids or if you have nieces or nephews or cousins, little ones, and having to look at them and say, hey, you're not gonna be around me anymore. And a matter of fact, where I'm going to send you, Aiden, people are going to be mean to you and rude to you. Like, it's going to be so uncomfortable, and people are ultimately going to kill you. And then this gift that you've given, as you give them your life, most people are just going to reject it, and they're going to be like, no, that's a weird story, that didn't really happen, but I'm still going to send you and do this. Like, in my mind, I cannot even comprehend bringing myself to have that conversation. Okay, you can go sit back down. Can you guys give him another hand? Thank you, Aiden. But I'm picturing that's the conversation that God had. Like kneeling down in front of his son and saying, hey, I love you with everything, but, but we're gonna have to make a sacrifice. And the sad thing is most people won't accept this sacrifice, but we're still gonna give anyway, and we're gonna give ourselves to the world because that's what's required and we're willing to do whatever it takes to demonstrate our love. See, that's what it means that God gave himself. That's why everything else starts to pale in comparison, the presence and the nativity and all of that stuff, the manger and everything else, the lights, because you realize what God did as he gave himself. And it wasn't just for this big concept of the world, it was for you. He loved you so much. He was thinking about you. He wanted to be close to you. His desire was to be brought back into relationship with you. That was his desire. And so he was willing to give whatever it took just to be close to his creation. I want you to think about that. God giving himself the person of Jesus that he was the gift. And how do we reflect that? How are you doing that this holiday season? And can I just challenge you with this that Before, if you haven't yet, you rush out to the store and you just start buying things off of the shelf. If maybe the way that you give gifts could reflect that same idea, that you're giving yourself, that you're giving a part of who you are. Maybe the gifts that you give this year can reflect your talents, the things that you're passionate about, who you are. So you're not just giving something off the shelf, but you're giving a part of yourself to the people that you love, that's what God did. He gave himself to the world because that's what we needed. The last thing that I want us to reflect on as we close here this morning is, are we saying thank you for the greatest gift? Church, are you saying thank you for the greatest gift? In Matthew chapter 2, verse one, we're given this kind of different perspective. Luke tells one part of the story and, and then Matthew tells it from a different angle as he's writing the gospel. And so in Matthew chapter two, verse one, we pick up on the story of the wise men. You may know them from the Christmas story. These these really kind of kings or esteemed scholars that are traveling a great distance to come. And in Matthew chapter two, verse one, this is what it says. After Jesus was born in the village of Bethlehem in Judea territory, there was, it was during the, the the reign of Herod's kingship, a band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east. And they asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that had signaled his birth and were on a pilgrimage to worship him. And so that desire of these men that had traveled all of this distance to worship him the resources, the time, the talent, everything that they had to give up to come and do one thing, to offer a gift to baby Jesus. To offer a gift and say, God, we recognize who you are. We recognize the significance of this. They left their home. Most scholars would tell us they probably traveled 18 months to get there. Okay, that's a lot longer than you'll go in your minivan probably. 18 months to get there because they said, we recognize something. This is the savior of the world. This is the greatest gift. And that challenge that we have this holiday season to stop and say, thank you. That when you wake up in the morning, it's not just, okay, I gotta get through this. The next few weeks are gonna be busy. And I have all of these maybe Christmas parties or things to buy or decorations or planning food or any of that. But first you would stop and pause and say, thank you, God, you gave yourself. That you would reflect on that. And then as you worship, as you give thanks, that it would change your perspective, how you enter the day, how you interact with people, how you talk with others, this idea of stopping and saying thank you for the greatest gift. We have come to worship him. We wanna honor him because we recognize the significance Of this gift.
2: This week, reflect on how the gifts that you're giving are a reflection of you. How do they show your gifts, your talents, your passion, and your love for those people that you're giving to? Thanks for joining us this week on the New Community Church podcast. At NCC, we are all about making people and places new and we would love to be able to help you grow. Please connect with us online at newcommunity.co. We would love to hear from you.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's message.
2: As you reflect on this this week, take some time, acknowledge your past, thank the Lord for what he's brought you through, but then look ahead and let him speak to you about what he wants to do in your life today in this season. Here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new, and we want to know how we can help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co.